College. Good morning, Dr. Riley. Well, good morning, Vanessa. Very nice to be on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, good to catch up with you again. Last time we spoke, we were knee-deep in the pandemic and and, uh, pretty well closed down. Take us through the spring and the campus reopening. Well, we've been uh, had people back on campus since uh, the summer, since July, uh, and began working on a on a, a, a re-entry plan, if you like, for our faculty, staff, and students. Uh, recalibrated the campus so that we were in compliance with IDPH and CDC guidelines uh, regarding spacing. Um, our faculty just did an amazing job coming up with really creative uh, ways in which they could deliver content. Uh, we stopped calling online education online education and began calling it virtual education. Uh, some of our faculty developed the ability uh, for students to take classes uh, in part synchronously. In other words, the students all gathered together at the same time uh, for the lecture content. Uh, we're able to do other things offline. Um, you know, faculty and our, our uh, technology uh, support staff. Uh, work to make sure we had the best possible software available. Uh, coincidentally, we had upped our our um, our gig speed, uh, one gig download upload here on campus, so that helped a lot. Um, and then we began the process of of bringing people back so that we could be available for students, um, uh, so that we all got used to being back on campus. But we did that in such a way to make sure people were safe, because as we know, if there people are still getting infected. Um, and um, so far, so good. Um, we're, <clears throat> we were looking very optimistically at, at May as a, as a potential uh, when we would have um, most people back sort of in the office space, uh, even on a uh, limited time. Uh, but we're waiting to see what happens with that. Uh, but most offices have, have staff on, on campus. Um, we're experimenting, looking for ways to, uh, to sort of expand that as, as we go forward. Good for you guys, Dr. Riley. It sounds like a great plan. You were able to adapt and adjust, but most importantly, provide exactly what your students were looking for, which was education. Yeah, you know, at a time when um, so many students, so many of our students, so many people in our community uh, lost the ability to be able to work. Um, uh, Frankly, uh, the federal government came through with support for our students, uh, with additional support uh, to get them through difficulties when they lost employment. And, um, and a lot of people also, I think, are looking down the road a little bit and thinking, wow, maybe some of these jobs that I kind of was thinking would, you know, thinking that would be around forever, uh, maybe they won't be. And maybe I need to get some more education so I can, I can get a job that provides a little bit more stability and is a little bit more predictable going into the future. And Dr. Riley, as you speak about uh, getting more education or looking at different career opportunities, remind us, uh, what are some of the, the opportunities that are out there? What would you recommend uh, people be looking at? Because with this pandemic, everything's really changed and virtual, online. There's a lot more technology involved. What are your recommendations? Well, I've been saying for since I got here, technology and science are the way of the future. And you can see it all around us. Uh, we use technology on a daily basis. We take it for granted. Uh, those of us who are a little bit older remember when you couldn't carry a telephone around in your pocket. Right. <laughs> uh, but now you're carrying a computer around in your pocket. Uh, and if you go to your grocery store, you'll see more self-checkouts. If you go to Panera, you'll see that there is an iPad for you to fill out your order. Um, and, you know, we're seeing massive changes in, in our day-to-day activities. Um, the staples of what we're building uh, for the future are on what we think are going to be um, jobs and, and uh, 
professions that are going to be around for a long, long time. And those include allied health uh, and include uh, agriculture, particularly science-based uh, uh, programming and, and, of course, technology, as, as that has continued to evolve incredibly quickly. Um, manufacturing, uh, creating, making things is, is a core part of any country's economy. And contrary to common belief, manufacturing is a major industry in the state. There are tremendous amounts of opportunities for people to get jobs. And yet, a lot of that uh, technology has made it, frankly, a cleaner, uh, less dangerous place to work. Uh, but there are tremendous opportunities uh, there. Um, and then there are always going to be opportunities in education and continuing <clears throat> engagement with, uh, with humans, uh, working to navigate either business practices or finance and insurance or um, an emerging field. We have a really uh, tremendous program in cybersecurity. And that's going to be part and parcel of, of what people are going to be doing. So, as, as you know, I was reflecting back yesterday on talking to some folks who had been working at the Maytag plant here and now are working in our local hospitals because they'd come back uh, through Sandburg, gotten a, nurse, gotten a nursing degree and continued on their education. And, uh, and we're in the same, similar position. Uh, we've got a big transition coming. Uh, we think this is the time to come back to school. And not just our students in high school, but students who've been working in an industry for 10 or 20 years. Maybe this is the time where they're thinking, you know, I'd like to try something different. I'd like to get uh, new skills. And I think that's what community colleges are going to be doing in the future, is constantly retraining people uh, as we continue to see a, a tremendous transformation in science and technology. We're talking with Dr. Seamus Riley, our Carl Sandburg College president. Good summary, reminding people sort of a, where to look in the future for career opportunities. All of those make perfect sense. Luckily, they all are a major part of our area uh, where we live here in, in rural Illinois, and we're going to see more of it. So thanks for that information. Let's look at the, the fall. Uh, we're hearing from other colleges and high schools that they'll have the ability to provide some sort of shield testing uh, as a possibility through December. Uh, people starting to look at how the fall looks in reentering a uh, school. Yeah, I, I think the, the, you mentioned one key part of it, and that is going to be the testing. Uh, the second key part is going to be the vaccination. So we're very lucky here in the state of Illinois that they have been very proactive in making sure that They've opened up access to vaccination, and that's going to be super important. Um, and, and testing, I think, is also going to be important so that we have a sense of, of what's happening in our area. Uh, we're in, con uh, in conversation with the University of Illinois uh, to become a SHIELD uh, site beginning probably in August, um, <clears throat> part, in part because we want to make sure that if we, we can provide access uh, to our faculty, staff, and students, and even the general public, perhaps, um, but also because we're going to probably be required uh, for athletics, for example, to be able to prove that our students have been recently tested and are COVID-free. Um, so that, that's going to be a huge part, I think, for the fall, uh, for, for the winter uh, months coming, and, um, and we're happy to be able, able to do that. Um, and then continue to wait for CDC and IDBH guidance on um, – what the rules are as far, for example, as proximity. Uh, right now we're operating under a six-foot rule, and that six-foot rule really makes a classroom very small in terms of what we can, how many people we can get into it. 
Uh, if they change that to three feet, which they have done for the K-12 system, that's been the recommendation, uh, that, that will allow us to have more, more classes. And we are already planned for the fall. We have to do that sort of in the spring, mid-spring. Um, but we have a little bit of flexibility in terms of being able uh, to move from, say, like a virtual classroom to a face-to-face -face classroom. Okay. I'll tell you the interesting data are uh, that, that students are not as anxious to get back face-to-face -face as I would have imagined. Uh, our data show that uh, our students are choosing online, uh, and that may be due to the fact that uh, they have so many complications uh, in terms of work and family, looking after relatives, uh, that that works for them. But no matter what happens, I think Carl Sandberg College is going to be uh, well-positioned to offer everything that we normally offer in a safe environment, uh, and people, people should not be anxious about, about their safety when they get here. Uh, we're going to be in really good shape. Okay. Let's talk about some things that have happened that are really good news uh, for our area and with Carl Sandburg College, and that includes an accelerated nursing program. Tell us about that. So we, we do a lot of um, relationships with uh, transfer schools. Uh, one of the key roles that the community college plays is, of course, providing access to education, providing access for first-time students. Uh, but beyond that, the, the real sort of accelerant, uh, accelerator, I suppose, uh, impact of community colleges is, is the baccalaureate degree. If you look at what a student, uh, a person can earn with a high school versus an associate versus a baccalaureate degree, uh, it's clear that the higher you go in terms of a baccalaureate degree, uh, the more money you're going to make over a lifetime, the more opportunities you're going to have, uh, and the greater chances for advancement. This has been particularly tr true in nursing, for example, in allied health professions, where many magnet hospitals now require you to have a bachelor's uh, of science degree in nursing. Uh, community colleges have been offering the ORN, or associate degree in nursing, for many, many years. Uh, and the difference between the ADN, or RN, uh, degree and the BSN is really a series of management classes because the, the nurses are already qualified uh, with all of their clinical work. What's exciting about this particular one with SIUE is the fact that it's an accelerated course. Many of us have been used to hearing about people going back to graduate school or getting a master's degree and they're doing it in, in a year and a half or they're doing it in eight-week classes and it's a kind of an accelerated process. Uh, but that balances well with the working adults, right? You, you're in a job, you want to get done quickly. Uh, this works for you. You can sustain effort for eight weeks. And that's exactly what this is. Um, it consists of eight-week courses, can be completed in one year, three semesters, uh, if, if you're qualified coming out of school. And most of our students completing the RN degree or ADN degree here would already have met uh, the general education requirements. Um, and, and this has become quite commonplace. Um, we have other arrangements with other schools, uh, but this is, I think, the beginning of what you're going to see in education with a movement towards uh, education 365 days a year, seven days a week, uh, and accelerated uh, sort of sections uh, or semesters or, or portions of learning uh, like this so working adults can get through quickly. Yes, uh, it's a great program. I uh, wonder if there's a way to do that with education. Some of the 
the changes uh, throughout the state of Illinois over the years has made it somewhat harder to get a teaching degree. Let's say if you have a, you know, a bachelor's degree already and want to become a teacher, and hopefully down the road we can find a way to have an accelerated program like the state of Florida uh, is able to offer. Well, I think uh, I, I 100% agree with you, um, and I will tell you that we are in, con- in negotiations working with ISU, uh, Carl Sandburg, and about six other community colleges uh, to develop a program which is still in the planning stages, but I'll give you a sneak preview of it. Uh, the idea would be that for people who are working as paraprofessionals in a school district, particularly a rural school district, uh, ISU has developed a program to allow those folks to go back. They would have to go one weekend a semester. It would mostly be uh, online or virtual, and it would allow them to complete the bachelor's degree and the teaching certificate. So, for example, let's say you're working as a paraprofessional in, in one of our rural schools. You're not going to go anywhere. You can't go back and get a bachelor's degree because you've got other obligations and you're working. So we're very, very excited about this program. Uh, The expectation is it will roll out in the fall of of 2023. Uh, And I think 100% agree with you. I think you're going to see some other schools, especially for rural communities, uh, where we have a huge deficit in uh, educators. Uh, The estimate is 1,500 less teachers in Illinois right now than we need. Uh, And so we're hopeful that there will be a little bit more flexibility in terms of the colleges of education at our regional universities around the state that will step in and fill that breach. Okay, thank you so much for that sneak preview, breaking news right here from Carl Sandburg College. (laughs) Another great thing that happened to Carl Sandburg College was your largest donation in the college's history. Break that down for us, Dr. Riley. Well, uh, a a former student, um, uh, Tracy, uh, Moore Baker uh, and her husband, uh, Mark Baker, they've just recently gotten married and were sitting down to figure out their finances and had a conversation about what aspects of, of their lives had really uh, made a difference, what had made a difference. And uh, Tracy said, well, you know, Carl Sandburg College, if I hadn't gone there uh, and gotten my degree and then gone on to University of Cincinnati and got my bachelor's degree, I, I just, I don't know where I would have ended up. And um, so they called and said, look, we're in this process. We're, uh, we're quite well off. Uh, we're uh, looking to plan our estate. And we want to tell you right now that we want to give uh, the money equally between Carl Sandburg and University of Cincinnati. Um, so it, it, it's, it's somewhat in some ways in the future, and we hope that they both live for a long time. Uh, but it was a tremendous gesture. And more importantly than the gift is the establishment of, of two things. One is uh, the reconnection back into the, to the college and uh, some of the conversations that, that Tracy and Mark uh, had the opportunity to have when they visited campus, campus last week. Tracy represents pretty much our students, right? Our, our district students, she was a, grew up in a, in a large family. She was a blue-collar worker. The expectation was that you got a job. Uh, education was not spoken about. Not College education certainly was not a priority, uh, and she worked her whole life, and, and she worked as a candy striper, and then she got, got in, and, and she applied to the nursing program, and she didn't get in, and she had to apply again, and, and kept working all the way through. Uh, and so um, what she wanted to do with her, her legacy was to uh, provide opportunities uh, with the gift 
to provide for first-generation students, for students uh, for whom uh, education was a stretch in their minds, uh, and to make sure that Carl Sandberg was in a position to continue to offer the, the services that, that she had availed of when she was a student. So we had the chance to visit with them and talk a little bit about what their plan was. And, and they, they hope to be a contributor and a supporter of the college uh, in, between, in between now and, and, the, and the legacy. Um, but what it does for the college is really, uh, it's a huge statement of faith and belief mm -hmm. in, in the work that we do uh, and going forward that we will continue to do. And, you know, I've been working in community colleges for over 30 years now, and and I came into the community college system because I believed in the mission of the community college. Uh, I believed in the ability to change lives and to make a difference. Uh, and this uh, gift allows us to make a uh, continue that uh, ability forever, really. Uh, and the, the fact that the, the folks long after me uh, will be in a position to, to use those funds uh, to really take the college in the direction that it needs to go to continue to keep pace with technology and science, to continue to open uh, opportunities for our district. Because honestly, you know, my barometer of success is how many folks in our district can take advantage of our college and get an education. And not just because you need an education to get a job, that's certainly true, but because you need an education to have a better quality of life and to have a better human experience. And, and that's, what, that's what education does, that's what community colleges do. Uh, and uh, this gift really allows us uh, for a long, long time to provide uh, incredible support for students, not just, not just a small scholarship, but potentially, uh, you know, pay for students uh, to come back into school as first-generation students uh, to support our technology expansion uh, and our faculty and staff as we go forward. Mm -hmm. Well, and then basically it's, it's the opportunity for the American dream, and we love those, those stories and those opportunities. Well, it, 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 you know, uh, I came to this country in 1990, and so I understand what the American dream is. And the American dream, in my mind, is uh, the capacity to do anything that you want. There are no barriers in this country. You can be what you want to be. Uh, and it's kind of unbelievable when you come from a different culture. I came from Ireland, where, you know, you were kind of prescribed on what you could do growing up. You, you can go here. You can't go here. You mm -hmm. have the ability. You don't. You have the money. You don't. And you get over here and it's a complete level playing field. And, and you know, you see somebody like Tracy who, who grew up in a, in a, in a regular blue-collar house and uh, worked hard her whole life uh, and, and did really well, was really, really successful. Uh, and her husband, who's also a first-generation student, same thing, first in his college, first in his family, uh, first in 10 generations to go to college. Uh, and ends up working in 30 countries, speaks five languages fluently, wow. you know, was a world-renowned uh, sort of engineer and professional. Uh, that's the American dream. <laughs> that's fantastic. And finally, uh, Dr. Riley, it is 823. Tell us about the, uh, the promise, the Warren Promise with Carl Sandburg College. I want to talk a little bit about the Samson Promise. And Samson Promise is a, a Walt Samson, longtime resident of, of Warren County, and his estate left uh, money in place to support uh, students uh, coming uh, into Carl Sandburg College. And, and basically, it pays tuition uh, for anybody uh, coming out of, of Warren County. And right now, I think last year, we had 47 students. And I'm not sure that people really understand. I think sometimes community colleges, because we're very, very reasonable in terms of cost, tuition costs, 
compared to other uh, other schools, other four-year universities. You know, I think sometimes it's a little bit like people think, well, it, it's very very reasonable. Maybe it's not that good. Uh, our our quality of education, our quality of faculty, uh, the the things that we do here are as good as any school in the nation. Uh, and this allows you to come for free. I don't know whether going for free is a bad thing anymore. It used to be a good thing when I was growing up. But I, I really want to encourage your listeners to to investigate, to call up, uh, to talk to our counselors. Uh, I know it sounds too good to be true, but it, it's not. The way it works is uh, we provide uh, last payer. So the, the Samson amount, uh, student applies. Let's say they qualify for MAP and Pell. Uh, then whatever is left over, the Samson promise uh, pays. Let's say you have no uh, ability to get scholarships. Let's say your parents are in between and they don't they make just enough money to keep you out of a, a Pell grant or a MAP grant. Well, the Samson uh, promise will will pay the tuition, so you won't pay any tuition. Um, you know, we're continuing to look at ways in which we can continue to support our students. One of the great lessons we learned this year from COVID was the barriers to education, and there are a lot of scholarships here at Carl Sandberg, and, and our foundation director, executive director, Emily Wabel, does an incredible job to make the money go as far as we can. So I, I really want to encourage people to please consider uh, investigating the opportunities in terms of scholarships, not just the Samson Promise, which will pay completely for your tuition, uh, but also other scholarships that we have at the foundation to support your expenses while you're in college. And uh, I apologize, I called it the Warren Promise. I meant uh, Warren County students thinking of them. You said his name was Walt Sampson? Yeah. Well, that's, that's what a legacy. You said 47 students yeah. were able to take advantage of that. What a, what a wonderful gift to our community. Yeah, we have the ability to support an awful lot more people. I mean, it was an incredibly generous gift. Uh, and and uh, his vision was he wanted to help people going forward. Uh, and uh, and that's, what, that's what we want to do. And, and um, you know, uh, I, I was one of those first-generation students. When I got to university, I wasn't really sure whether it was for me. I certainly didn't feel like I belonged. Uh, I can assure you that everybody belongs at Carl Sandburg, and so... If there's any doubt at all, no matter what it is, at least come over, explore. We, ha- we have a huge job fair going on mm-hmm. uh, this afternoon from 4 till 8. Uh, I hear from employers all the time. I mean, there are great opportunities in our district for employment. Uh, some of them require uh, some education, and we can provide that. And so, 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 so come on over and, and, and pay us a visit. Okay. It was good to catch up with you. Great, great news on Carl Sandburg College. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful rest of the semester. And a great day to you. Take care. Thank you so much. Thanks. That is Dr. Seamus Riley with us, Carl Sandburg College President on 1330 WRAM and FM 94.1.